Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Good? Yeah, good, good, good. Oh my gosh, friends, this is, this is a good day, amen? Amen? Okay, want to make sure you're awake out there, okay. Eric and Christina, man, oh man, this has been a uh, very awesome, blessed journey to, uh, to have walked with you. Um, my name is Father Patrick Schultz, those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the priests here at Sacred Heart, and I had the, uh, the burden, I'm sorry, privilege of preparing these two for this day, and it's been, it's been so much fun. We've had so much fun, and uh, yeah, I was sorry I couldn't be here last night for the rehearsal. Deacon Rich ran the rehearsal last night. I asked him this morning, I said, how'd it go last night? And he goes, they were a fun bunch. And uh, I was like, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. There's more cowboy boots in this wedding than I've seen in a long time. So are you wearing cowboy boots too? I thought you were. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so awesome. This is a beautiful, beautiful day that the Lord has made. And uh, this day is so much more than simply just solemnizing your already beautiful relationship, right? This is not just simply about you know, sprinkling a little religious fairy dust in a ceremony on your relationship. No, no, this is about something radical, something incredibly transformative, something real, right? That by the power of God's Spirit, something new is going to be brought into being, a marriage that hasn't existed before. That God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, it's like he welds together two souls, right? The biblical phrase that we hear is one flesh. He makes them one flesh. That only the Holy Spirit has the power to, to weld human hearts together um, in this thing that we call matrimony. So today's about real transformation. Something radical is going to uh, happen to you. Something radical is going to happen to you. You're not going to simply receive the sacrament of matrimony. You're going to become the sacrament of matrimony, which is another way of saying that you're going to become a sign. You're going to become a sign. Right? What do signs do? They point to realities beyond themselves. It's the function of a sign, right? That's what they do. In the church, that's what sacraments are. All, the, all of our seven sacraments, they are signs that both point to and participate in the reality that they signify, right? So baptism. So when we start baptizing all of your 50 children that are going to start <laughs> happening, we'll bring them to this font. I don't know. I can't predict the future. But we'll pour water over their heads, right? So like the visible reality that water's being poured over this baby's head as we say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's an outward sign that's communicating an invisible grace that something powerful is happening to that soul, right? Same thing with Eucharist, same thing with confirmation, same thing with all the sacraments that we have, especially matrimony. You're becoming a sign, which begs the question, what are you becoming a sign of? And for whom are you becoming a sign? Those are the two questions. What are they becoming a sign of? And who are you becoming a sign for? Well, in a word, you are becoming a sign in this world of the greatest love story ever told. The original love story. The love story that every other love story is a commentary on or a reflection of or an echo of. I'm talking about the love story the drama between heaven and earth, between God and humanity, between Christ and the church. Like, I don't know what you learned growing up about God, but the deepest truth that we believe as Christians, the deepest truth about God is that he's revealed himself as a trinity. 
We say it's the central mystery of the faith. God has revealed himself as a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's how we begin every prayer as Catholics, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Which is another way of saying that God is an eternal exchange of life and love. A communion of life and love. Endless bliss, endless glory, endless beauty, life and love. And like his desire, the desire in the heart of God is not only that we would just like witness his beauty, but that we would actually participate in it. His desire is that we'd be taken up into it. Like God desires not just mere friendship with us. He doesn't want a merely personal relationship. He wants a relationship of deep, profound intimacy. He wants to join our nature to his nature. I know this is getting heavy for a wedding homily. You still with me? Okay, good. I can lose people real fast sometimes. God's deepest desire is to espouse himself to us, to be united to us. It's on every page of the scriptures. From beginning to end, this is the story that the Bible's telling Like from the very beginning in the book of Genesis, we see God making everything out of nothing by the sheer power of his word, right? Let there be light, and there's light. Let the waters come forth, they come forth. Let there be blue whales and grape jelly and everything else in between, right? And then at the culmination of this, he says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. He makes an image of himself in creation. And notice, he doesn't make just a man. He doesn't make just a woman. He makes a couple whose bodies and souls are complementary and are ordered towards each other in such a way that that when the two become one, they become so much one that nine months later you have to give it a name. And then they're three in one. Again, just like our God is three in one. That he created, God created marriage in the beginning to be a sign not only of who he is, but of how he wants to relate to us. Again, God doesn't want mere friendship with humanity. He wants a relationship with us, with you, with you, that the least inadequate image he can give us. He's like, I want something that's like spouses. I want to be implicated in everything that is yours. I want to be so deeply united to you that every thought and breath is united to me. Jesus will say in the Gospels, I want my joy in you. He wants this organic unity. He wants to be united to us. And that was the beginning, right? That was the beginning. The original sign of marriage in the beginning was a sign of God's relationship to humanity. If you can picture the horizontal relationship of man and woman was a sign of the vertical relationship between God and humanity. But that relationship was disrupted by an enemy, This is the story that Genesis chapter 3, there's an enemy who broke us apart from the Lord and broke us apart from each other, right? So we were separated from God, but God in his amazing love didn't leave us in that state of alienation. He came, scripture says, in mercy to reunite our nature to his nature. He came to rescue us. Think of every movie. Think of all the stories. Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Titanic. Like, why do these movies work? Because they tap into the deep story of God's rescue of the bride. God's rescue of humanity. Right? Which scripture says in the fullness of time, God sends his son, born of a woman, to redeem humanity. Jesus Christ is true God and true man. He is in his very person, heaven and earth, brought together. His first miracle was at a wedding feast. I wonder if that's coincidental. (laughs) I don't think so. And at the culmination of his life, he goes to the cross. 
Not as a hapless victim, but as a eyes wide open redeemer, messiah, rescuer, bridegroom. He goes to the cross to lay down his life for his bride. I come to lay down my life for you, to be poured out for you, to be spent for you, to rescue you. Right? Good Friday, what happened on the cross wasn't merely a murder. It was what the church fathers, the earliest Christians, they said it was a wedding. That's why we have the audacity to call it Good Friday. Like That's what true love looks like. Anybody who's ever fallen in love, you feel in your heart This is what's brought you to this day. You feel in your heart this impulse that says, I have to, there's nothing left for me to give except to give you my entire life. I want to lay down my life for you. That's what true love looks like, and that's why you are here to stand in front of an altar, to stand in front of Jesus, to stand in front of the Lord, to be imitators of him, to lay your lives down for each other. Like, the love that's brought you here, you are not its author, In some ways, you're its victim. You've been caught up into it. You've been drawn here by the Lord. He's invited you to this moment, to this sacrament, to lay your lives down for each other. Why? It's not to make you happy. It's to make you holy. Marriage is not designed to make you happy. Everyone in the crowd's going, yeah, I know. (laughs) It's designed to make you holy. And holy people are happy people, joyful people. This is designed to make you holy, which means it's designed to kill your ego, to kill your selfishness, to keep putting those parts of your heart to rest, that you might rise to a greater reality. The problem is that there's still too much you in each of you. So the Lord is saying, okay, Christina, I'm going to give you an Eric. And Eric, I'm going to give you a Christina. I'm going to lash you to each other that you might be the exact sandpaper that the other one needs to be polished into something beautiful, to be polished into a saint. You are each other's ladder to heaven. The way that you sacrifice, the way that you love and forgive and show mercy, kindness and tenderness, all of it, all of it is entering into what he did and being fashioned into who he is. And those for whom you're going to be the sign, it's all of us. All of us. You see, like the tabernacle here that has the consecrated host in it, that, that sucker's bolted to the altar up there. That thing's not going anywhere. The statues in here, they're stuck to the walls. I've tried. I tried to take that one and put it in my room. <laughs> Just kidding. But they're stuck. Nothing in this church is leaving this church, but you will. In a moment, this wedding will be over. You'll leave the church and you'll start your married lives, and you'll be out in the world, and people will get to see you. And the idea is that they're meant to experience and taste a love that doesn't make sense, a love that doesn't come from this world. You're meant to be a sign that everyone can see that, gosh, there's something about them. There's something about the way they love each other. What is it? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. So friends, if you are prepared and ready to lay your lives down for each other, to enter into something that's so much bigger than you, I invite you now to stand in front of the altar, in front of the Lord, in front of your friends, and to lay your lives down.